Welcome to Dummy Thick, a podcast where two dummies write bad fan fiction. And you have to listen. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you don't have a choice anymore. I've disabled the pause button. I'm sorry. You're trapped now. Buckle up, so. kids. <laughs> this is starting I, off well. Yeah, we're, we're already getting off to some really hostile energy. Okay, so... Welcome to our first official episode yeah. of Dummy Fit. <laughs> we, so, here's, here's the story of what this podcast is. Uh, me, me, Adam, I, Adam, and <laughs> you, Allie... Yes. Uh, we are am liking bad fan fiction. Good God. <laughs> this is a train wreck. So we enjoy reading to each other like My Immortal and... That's what started this journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was testing out a uh, voice mod program for my PC and I decided to test it out to the tune of My Immortal um that makes it sound like the song and not the fan fiction yeah the fan fiction my immortal i assume that if someone's tuning into a a fan fiction podcast they know what my immortal is but just in case you don't know that is a fan fiction where a person writes like a self-insert mary sue type character into harry potter um where everyone is either goth already or in the process of turning goth and very much into her doesn't matter who it is yeah and it's such a great work of art because at some point Voldemort gives the main character a gun uh they go to a good charlotte concert yeah yeah half of every chapter is descriptions of the goth clothing everyone is wearing it's I think just a great celebration of really bad writing and like teenage angst. Yeah. So anyways, we wanted to do a podcast about fan fiction, but uh, whenever we read fan fiction, uh, which they're usually older, you know, products of another age. And instead of just being like tasteless, it, they're, also, you know, dipping into, like, homophobia or, like, transphobia or just being really, like, hateful and unkind to certain people, like, making people the butt of jokes. So we wanted to make this podcast where we could write our own bad fan fiction. And make fun of each other. Exactly. So we're not here to hurt anyone's feelings. Except each other's. Except each other's. The, the stories are going to be tasteless. And they will but, probably make you uncomfortable, but they won't make you feel dunked on. I have no idea what you have written because I don't think that you're going to feel that way with mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little afraid. Okay. But anyways, uh, let's go ahead and start the process. So we each have a fan fiction written. We will reveal what the subjects of our fan fiction were. Before we read them. But first, let's play a game of rock, paper, scissors to decide who goes first. Alright, ready. On three, one round. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, I win. You first. Alright. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to take a mini break and be immediately back. 
All right, we're back from a two minutes break <laughs> on our time, if that. So, the prompt that Allie has given me was Alexander Louise Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist mixed with Magical Girls. So, just for the uninitiated, uh, if you are familiar with Sailor Moon, you already know what a Magical Girl is. That's the sort of a Japanese genre of girls who... Female superhero type? Yeah, yeah, they're like female superheroes, usually like with a little bit of an occult or witchy twist to it. And they're known for having like really long, drawn-out transformation scenes where the main characters gear up in some really elaborate costumes in order to fight the bad guys. Very girly costumes. Yeah, definitely. This Keep is, that in mind. These are cartoons that are aimed at young girls. And then uh, Alexander Louise Armstrong is a muscle-bound character from an anime called Full Metal Alchemist. And his whole thing is that he's huge, but very soft-hearted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he sparkles. <laughs> so like, that was, literally. That was the prompt I was given. So, I shall now read to you my story, Full Magical Guy Alchemist brotherhood all right are you ready i suppose we're ready here i'm just gonna close my laptop because hey, i don't full, need this full attention all right edward elric leaned against the small stone wall in front of the rock bell residence he idly watched the tiny black automobile in the distance make its way down the long dirt path leading to the house edward didn't mind waiting he preferred to be out of the house as much as possible recently it had been two years since he had married Winry, and it hadn't even been a year into their marriage before her fiery passion cooled and left only her red-hot temper. While Ed was arguably one of the best alchemists in history, he was a poor farmhand and an even worse automail mechanics assistant. Ed felt like anything could set off his young wife's explosive tirades. They had other problems, too. Problems Ed would never have considered back in the days when he was unraveling government conspiracies and fighting monsters. His life had turned from one of adventure to a life of head-pecked drudgery punctuated by the occasional kidney stone. Ed didn't know who would visit him in such an expensive and shiny car. His brother Al was in another continent, and his alchemist friends were busy rebuilding the country. However, when he saw how the vehicle was almost bottoming out from the weight of the driver, he knew that it could only be one person. Ed called out to them as soon as the driver's side door opened. Alexander Louise Armstrong. Doesn't a dog of the military have better things to do than visit an automail mechanic? The car's suspension sighed in relief as Alex squeezed himself out of the vehicle. He looked the same way he always did, muscles bulging under his blue military uniform. His large, impeccably groomed blonde mustache covered his mouth, and light shined off his strong, shaven jaw and his mostly shaved head. There was a slight difference to the man now that Ed was looking closely. His muscles were large as they ever were, maybe even a little larger, but now he had a certain tiredness around the eyes he never saw before. He even noticed a streak of gray in the small wisp of hair dangling above his prominent brow. Edward, my... Alexander claimed and paused. My boy, Edward finished the statement in his head but they both knew this old greeting was now no longer true. Edward was a full two inches taller than last time Alexander saw him, and he even had a light dusting of stubble across his chin. 
My friend! Alexander finished. Alex rushed over to Edward and picked him up in a vice-like hug. On his way, he hip-checked the hood of the car, which spun out of the way. Get the hell off me! I don't want to catch whatever gross muscle disease you have! Wheezed Edward as he tried to punch and kick his way out of the grapple. It was like punching the hull of a steel battleship. A vision of Granny Rockbell's cider press flashed across Edward's mind. Alex simply laughed as he gently set Edward down. Alexander had one of those laughs that just radiated joy. You could practically see the mirth shining from him as he did. Edward rolled his once mechanical shoulder to make sure it didn't get popped out of place. Uh, he enjoyed being able to breathe, but the firm embrace and the smell of Alex's aftershave brought back pleasant memories of his time as a state alchemist. So, Full Metal, are you willing to serve your country one last time? One month later. Edward spat out a cobweb he nearly inhaled as he trudged his way down the ancient subterranean passageway. Tell me again why we're spelunking in an ancient Ishvalan tomb, Edward complained as he followed Alex's bulky figure down the dark sandstone corridor. The light from Edward's lit torch danced across Alexander's well-oiled deltoids and back muscles. Don't tell me you've forgotten, Edward boy. Has the heat gotten to your brain? Alex laughed. No, said Ed. I just need to be reminded of why I've spent the last month in close quarters with a sweaty, posh, protein-packed giant. Well, ever since you destroyed Father, the state alchemists of Amestris have been tracking down any remaining philosopher's stones that it might have hidden around the place. We figure if we use up the stones, those poor souls' suffering will end, and we can do a bit of good while we're at it. We found some text in one of Father's hidden labs about a powerful scepter fueled by philosopher's stones in this very tomb. And you think it can bring my alchemy powers back, said Ed? Alexander looked like a kid who got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, except the kid was a shirtless bodybuilder with a mustache and was wearing a mining helmet. Look, I know there are reasons you kept talking about the good old days and asking me to help draw simple alchemy circles. I get it, you need as many alchemists as you can get your hands on, and none of the ones you have are as handsome or talented as me. Well, you can say whatever dramatic speech you had saved because I'm in. It would be nice to be somewhere I was appreciated anyways. Besides, I know you weren't faking it when you needed help repairing the car's engine back in Amestris. You need a solid partner backing you up. Alexander went from looking guilty to looking crestfallen. Does Winry really not appreciate you, Ed? Alex asked softly. It might have been the first thing Edward ever hear Alex say in the double-digit decibel range. Edward couldn't handle the sudden shift in tone, so he desperately looked around the tomb for a way out of the conversation. Look over there, he said. I think it might be a door to the central tomb. So. It's been serious so far. Mm -hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to really write a story that will wrap you up in it. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what so, do you think so, so far? So first you're telling us that Edward and Winry are not good together. Yeah, you know, sometimes you, you meet someone you're, when you're really young, but when you become an adult, things change. But he's been with her since she was little, and... Anyway, this is bad <laughs> fan fiction. Continue. Okay. Alexander gripped the scepter firmly in both hands and took a deep breath. They decided that since Alex was the only one with alchemy abilities intact, he was the only one who could work the wand. The artifact itself was a golden rod about two feet long with a heart-shaped philosopher's stone at the tip. 
The burly alchemist took a deep breath and shouted the magic words from the translation. Oh. Homunculus prism power make up! I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the ancient tomb disappeared from around Edward and Alexander and they were drifting through a spiral galaxy filled with rainbow-colored stars. Alexander floated in the midst of the maelstrom of raw pastel power, shining with the intensity of a newly born star. Ribbons of raw alchemical power spun around Armstrong's muscular frame, coalescing into a fashionable and frilly short dress. Alexander struck bodybuilding poses passed down the Armstrong line for generations as more ribbons formed into long gloves, boots, and long flowing golden hair. His transformation complete, Alexander Louise Armstrong was positively pulsing with alchemical power. Knowing he would only have one chance at this, he pointed his wand at Elward and focused hard on his wish to return Edward's alchemy power so they could be partners. With a shout, Alex tapped into the final reserves of the power left in the Philosopher's Stone. Pretty? STRONG ARM BEAM! <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> A ray of prismatic brilliance rocketed into Edward's body. Alex felt the final vestiges of power leave the wand, and they suddenly were back in the silent, cold depths of the ancient tomb. Whatever the beam had done to Edward, it seemed to wipe him out. Edward, barely standing, smirked and clapped his hands as he performed the first step of alchemy. He slapped his palms against the ground and nothing happened. Before Edward or Alex could react, Edward vomited and passed out. Shock. <gasps> What's gonna happen? Oh my god, this is such a twist. It didn't work? Is this, is this part of your story? No, 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 this is me. Uh, editorializing? This is the author's note. Ah. So, what did you think about the transformation scene? Wonderful. Does he have, like, Sailor Moon, like, the buns and the the flowing hair? Oh, that's that's how I pictured it in my head. But, you or know, I didn't want to get into copyright infringement territory. Or is it, like, drill curls? You know what? That is up to the reader to put their own spin on it. Just bald on top, only two drill curls coming straight down. That would be perfect, actually. And then his, his little spiral is a drill. All right. Uh, okay, ready for the next part? Part three. Four days later. After giving Edward his prognosis, the doctor left the hospital room to give Ed and Alex a moment to discuss things. The test results were pinned up to the wall and proclaimed Alex's failure. Alexander immediately started weeping, using a handkerchief to blot his tears. I'm so sorry, Edward, my boy. I focused so hard on giving you your powers back, but after all that time together subconsciously, I... You must think me some kind of beast. Surprisingly, the hot-headed older Elric brother just smiled and patted Armstrong's shoulder. Alex has since changed out of his strange but oddly flattering costume in the tomb, but his long golden hair had remained and was tied up in a ponytail. Alex, Edward soothed. I don't think the wand was meant to grant your wish. I think the wand granted mine. The ex-partners locked eyes, knowing that the feelings they tried to hide during the past month had finally been made apparent. 
They embraced and kissed passionately. I hate it. Their Stop. Tongue... <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not no. even done with the paragraph yet. Oh, God. Their tongues no. were like two moray eels no. fighting over the shadiest spot no. in the reef. No. <laughs> Edward's feet kicked as they dandled, dangled two feet off the floor. When we, when we rock Bell, who had been in the room the whole time, burst into tears as she ran out of the room. Oh, <laughs> Colonel Mustang, who had come out of concern for Edward, <laughs> stared ahead, deadpan. I can't look at you. Alphonse Elric, who happened to be visited that week from his travels abroad, averted his eyes and yelled in shock. <laughs> Edward, run away with me. I know a place where we can be accepted. <laughs> so. Do I, do I, can I turn around now? Yeah, you can turn around now. Are you sure? What do you think? Why have you done this? <laughs> Why have you desecrated Listen, this? Bad pairings is one of the cornerstones of bad fan fiction. Also, I got my response. That is true art. <laughs> It's it's not meant to placate you. It's just to react. It's an emotional reaction. Oh, it sure was a reaction. Edward X Alex is true art. That wasn't what I asked for. <laughs> I never asked for this. I didn't ask for this. Well, I'm not done. I asked for Sailor Alex. I'm not done. Not this. <laughs> Ready for the next this part? Abomination. In which Alex still has his long flowing hair, yeah. apparently. You ready? Hold on, let me take a drink before I vomit it back up. <laughs> now, are we ready to return to full magical guy alchemist? We're in the final stretch. Okay. Feel free to interrupt when you have notes. You mean whenever I need to scream and turn around <laughs> yes. again? All right. One month later. Please, no. The engine on Edward and Alex's alchemically created car, the strong arm, purred as they pulled up to the starting line. Alex had returned to the clothes that he created through alchemy in the ancient tomb. They were really flattering to his pecs. Are you sure you should be racing in your condition? Asked Alex as he stared at Edward's pregnant stomach. You know I wouldn't miss the final race in the Grand Prix of the world. Besides, I think when we're done, we're going to want to have a snack, Edward said coyly. So, Ali is just sort of I, I staring ahead. I have now been around in my chair. I can't look at you. All right, well, let me continue then. Please. By all means. The magical beam had manifested the forbidden desires they had hinted at during their adventure in Ishval. If only Edward's kidney stones turned into hamburgers, then they could open up a burger restaurant and live the rest of their days in peace. <laughs> the magic in that vault of antiquity secured their burger supply. The burgers that Edward passed were even almost as good as McDonald's. They just needed the prize money from this race to buy a restaurant, then they could finally live the life of their dreams. 
Wacky Racers, start your engines! Alex revved the engine of the strong arm as Edward Elric mean mugged Penelope pit stop. Ready, set, go! The race was a white knuckle track around a mountain range filled with hairpin turns and precarious edges. The souped up alchemy car proved itself superior to the other racers as they wove between the cannonballs shot out by Sergeant Blast, outpaced the Ant Hill Gang's getaway power, and left Peter Perfect's turbo-terrific in the dust as it fell apart. It was only a matter of time before they overtook Dirk Dastardly, then the prize money would be as good as theirs. After a high-speed drift around the corner, Dirk Dastardly and Muttley's car, the Mean Machine, whizzed by, having been parked off the side of the road after a blind turn. Edward was about to celebrate, but then they spied Muttley in the rearview mirror priming the plunger of a red detonator. Before he could warn Alex, there was a deafening bang as Dynamite disintegrated their car and sent the dashing duo flying through the air over the side of a cliff. Alex and Ed were free-falling straight towards some very cartoonishly sharp rocks. Alex! One of us needs to live! You need to use this! Edward hiked up his big dog t-shirt to reveal there was an alchemy symbol written over his distended stomach. Edward! I couldn't possibly. I have nothing without you, Alexander protested. Edward shouted over the rushing wind. Just listen to me, you idiot. When I wanted to become history's youngest state alchemist, no one believed I could do it. Then I warned everyone of father's genocide and no one believed me either. I always proved them wrong. Now people are telling us there's no way we can sell burgers we push out of our urethras. I can't prove them wrong, but you still could. Edward, no! Alex cried. Shut up and do it. I can see the finish line over there. You can still make it. And remember! Edward pulled Alexander close and whispered something in his ear. Just before Dirk Dastardly darted over the finish line and won the race, Alexander Louise Armstrong floated through the finish line on a hang glider that smelled slightly of hamburgers. It was a photo finish, but Armstrong walked away from the race with the prize money. Alex buried the hang glider in the Armstrong family cemetery that had been passed down the Armstrong line for generations. As the triangular, oversized coffin was lowered into the ground, Alex swore that he would make the Philosopher's Stones again. Not for greed, not for power, not even for love, but to show the world a whole new way to enjoy fast food. This time, Alex would carry the burden of the burgers. On the tombstone, Alexander had simply carved Edward's final words. Take it easy, lemon squeezy. So, that was my story. What did you think? We have new neighbors. <laughs> they can hear you. <laughs> I hate there it. There wasn't any profanity. I hate it. No, there wasn't profanity, but there was... <laughs> urethra burgers and edward turned into a hang glider yeah well that's show business baby i don't like this show <laughs> now i threw you for a loop there didn't i i see now why it was what do you say six pages yeah i i see what you was went... your what was your thought process going through 
that whole story. That was not at all what I expected to happen because <laughs> there was one part in which he was a magical girl. <laughs> I expected full out like magical girl or a with the ridiculous like whole just the whole thing. And you gave me pregnant Edward. Listen, I act, I did consider with for a second burger kidney stones. Yeah. I, I did consider making Edward carry Armstrong's baby, but I thought that might have been a little bit too, you know, I don't want to make fun of that. Instead, he was pregnant, and then you turned him into a hang glider. He wasn't, those were burgers, okay? He wasn't actually pregnant. I don't think I believe you. It was a fake out. I don't think I believe you. <laughs> I think I believe me. I don't think they believe you either. <laughs> I know what you expected. Where you thought I was gonna zig, I zagged. That's true. I think Art. the I think the whole thing was a zag. It was a big zag. I really zagged on you. It was nothing but hairpin turns the whole <laughs> way down that mountain. Because it was it was it was a down. <laughs> I took a gamble, hoping that you watched wacky wacky racers at some point during your childhood. We just had a conversation not that long ago about Dirk Dastardly. Did we? We did. Ah, maybe that's where it got stuck in my head. Probably. You should be careful about what you say around me. Especially now that we're doing this podcast. I'll I'll remember that. (laughs) Okay. Note to self, say nothing. Final, final verdict on the fan fiction. What are your thoughts? I hated it, but in a good way, (laughs) I guess. All right. I never want to hear that again. <laughs> Please delete that off of your laptop because God forbid something happened to you and someone finds that. Uh, yep. My FBI agent is going to have a field day with that one. Yep. So we are going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to hear Allie's story. Mm-hmm. We sure will. Keep it easy, lemon squeezy. Stop. <laughs> We're back. I had to take a break after that <laughs> to get that image out of my head. Listen, the I'm right have, fan fiction. I'm gonna have nightmares about that. Nightmares. That's that's art, baby. I don't know what else to say. I keep saying that, but it's. I re- invoked a reaction. You expected you were going to laugh, but instead... Craig Ward. <laughs> I... First, I I gave you some serious drama. Then, I gave you concern. Oh, what's wrong with Edward? Then there was romance. And then there was some... That was not romance. Body horror hamburger stuff. That was not romance. And then I had an exciting race. It was all subverting expectations. Like Game of Thrones. Ah, so you're like the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Bad fan fiction. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Subvert expectations at any cost. Even my dignity. It's gone now. Alright, so. Do you want to talk about what your prompt was? Okay, so the prompt that Adam gave me is that I'm supposed to create an isekai 
that ends up being an advertisement for Papa John's pizza. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna explain what isekai is? So an isekai is basically when the main character is part of like the regular world, like lives in Japan generally or whatever, and then they die by whatever means and they wake up in some other world so then yeah. they and usually they forget about like how they died and whatever so then they have to go about figuring that out again or they just they just don't do or well that too or like yeah. they either figure it out or like something happens that it like comes rushing back to them <laughs> something yeah i generally do not like isekai because they're just like straight wish fulfillment they're obviously aimed at like teenage guys because every because single almost one all of them has yeah, a harem everyone has a harem almost uh with really generic characters then it's always based on like video game or has like the world of like a fantasy video game made real um just all the things that you know teenage guys I'm trying that to think would, of one that isn't you know, set watch in a, them would like. I'm I'm trying to think of one that isn't set in like a medieval esque situation. And I'm coming up with nothing. Yeah. Because no one wants to, you know, actually take a work and try something new. If hey, I think if you're doing Isekai at this point, you're pretty <laughs> If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Lemon squeezy. <laughs> so, um, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, oh yeah, also I picked Papa John's specifically because I found I find Papa John to be such an enigmatic and, you know, he has a real interesting character arc. Let us not forget that this man has eaten 40 pizzas in 30 days <laughs> yeah. in the pursuit of the best pizza. Right. Um, Papa John's pizza chain uh, and... The ex-owner was sacked from his position as CEO. He might still be on the board of directors. He might have even gotten kicked off. For, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I don't follow yeah. pizza... Lore. I, pizza that, lore. That was the word that came to mind, but I don't think that was the word that <laughs> needed to be there. Yeah. So, House John... Pizza politics. Yeah. <laughs> House John uh, kicked the Papa, Papa John's, out for uttering a racial epithet, I think? I do believe so. During a conference call. It was something to do with the NFL, I think. Yeah. Because they're like the official pizza of the NFL. Yeah. I don't... I don't... Um, but anyways, then he, he later, like uh, a month later, did an interview where he looked... Um, like a grease ball. Yeah, he looked like a pepperoni. He looked like a wax figurine of himself. Yeah, uh, he looked rough. Yeah. Like, Madame Tussauds would fire the person that made that wax sculpture, but he somehow moved. Um, and then also, he said that he had eaten, what was it, 40 yeah, pizzas it was 40 in 30 pizzas days? Yeah, 40 pizzas in 30 days. Um, it was more than a pizza a day. Yeah, and that the quality has gone down. He also said that there would be a reckoning. <laughs> we have yet to embrace the reckoning. Well, it's it's 2020. We're in COVID times right now. We're this might be the reckoning Papa John warned us of. 
Did that happen in 2019 or 2020? Um, I don't remember what month it is yeah, anymore. So. I, so much stuff has happened. I think that Reckonings have a pretty long shelf life. You can claim a Reckoning and, and it's still good a year later. Can you claim a Reckoning in another world? Well, I guess we're about to find out, aren't we? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Okay, so I did not name my masterpiece. Can you fire one off the dome? No. Because it it just I can't I can't come up with anything that will fit this Okay. beautiful work of art. Can I can I try to put I'll think of one during this the story. John woke up staring at the sky. Where was he, and why did he hurt so much? He sat up and looked around, trying to find something familiar. He was in a big field, surrounded by weird cow-yak things. Okay, that's weird, he thought to himself. He stood and brushed himself off. His red shirt and khaki pants were absolutely filthy, and there was something red and crusty all down his shirt. He scratched at it, and thankfully on his fingers was only old tomato sauce. Wait, how did he know that? He couldn't even remember what happened to him before he woke up, and words seemed to evade him. He walked out of the field, and the cow yaks watched him with vague interest. There was a little town in the distance with what looked like a huge garden outside of it. As he walked towards the town, a figure suddenly appeared beside him. It was a small cat girl of sorts, with soft-looking white fur. <laughs> she fell into step with him, tail waving excitedly. We don't get too many new faces around here, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. The yeah, I got you. For huh? some reason, I didn't see the yeah coming. Well, I should have seen it coming a mile away. You should have known. Come on. Yeah, uh, that there's already been so many isekai tropes already. Yeah. First off, just waking up in the middle of a field for some reason. Right. Um, some tropes we skipped over. There was no large-breasted goddess telling them that they need to save the world from the demon king. This isn't Konosuba, okay? Or, like, six other ones. Or, like, six other ones. Yeah, isn't that new one that you started watching? Didn't that happen, too? Uh, what, the Princess Connect? Yeah. No, they just are all very large-breasted women. Oh, okay. I thought I saw it. Well, most of them, except for the cat girl. All (laughs) All of my cat people do not have large breasts. Yeah. I'm sorry. That that other one that you tried to show me, the How Not to Summon a Demon Lord, yes. you're already falling behind that one because the moment he waked up, there's a large-breasted Waked elf up. and there was a cat girl right there. Okay, listen. I don't have elves in my story. Oh, this is a whole very unique fantasy world with... Very unique. I was going to say that the, the cow yak things is definitely more original than anything most isekais have. I anyways. even have a name for them. I have names for all kinds oh, of stuff oh, in here. Oh, let's find out. Let's find out. I don't remember. Oh, oh, right. We don't get too many faces around here, Nya, the cat girl said. Who are you? My name is Matsuchan. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Your reaction got me. Yeah. John wanted to answer, but his name just wouldn't come to him. I don't really know. I guess I lost my memory. I don't even know what this place is. Where am I? What's going on? Oh. As he spoke, he started to panic. Calm down, yeah? This place is Bisa. 
It's a little farming town. Hold we on. Run that name by me again. Bisa. B. B I S A. A. Bisa. Okay. Sorry. We specialize in herbs. Can you. <laughs> anything you can think of, Nyan? She giggled, jumping up to swing from a tree branch. Suddenly, a fox girl fell out of the tree right onto Matsa. <laughs> Pepper Chan, you fell on me again, yeah? Were you sleeping again? Pepper pulled herself off the ground, and as she did, John noticed she had a big fluffy tail and lovely red fur. Pepper Chan is a fox, just like I'm a cat, said Matsa excitedly. What was with all these animal people? Are there a lot of people like you and Bisa? John spoke to both of them as Matza had started skipping ahead again, singing. Or more accurately, nyahing happily. <laughs> Pepper rubbed her eyes and yawned. I guess so. There are a lot of people in this town, since animals aren't exactly the best farmers. We do have some regular animals, but they come from far off and they just provide us with the basics. Like the Acne Farm, which you just came from. They just give us milk. They're Matza Chan's favorite. Right, Macho Chan? Sure thing, yeah. <laughs> Finally, they got to Bisa. Pepper meandered off to find another napping spot, but Matza decided that John just had to see everything. She took him to all the herb stalls, the smell reminding him of something, like some <laughs> long-lost nostalgic thing he just couldn't place. All of a sudden, he realized exactly how hungry he was. Matza noticed and grabbed his arm, dragging him into the direction of a little shop. My friend works here. He's the best cook, yeah? John was really starting to catch on that she was constantly full of energy. Oh, no. How she and Pepper were friends was beyond him, but I guess opposites attract, right? Matza finally stopped dragging John along, stopping at a big door with a sign over that says, Pizia. Come on, yeah? They pushed the door open, and John took a few seconds to let his eyes adjust to the darkness inside. It was a cozy little place, overtaken by a solid bar, and then a handful of tables scattered around the place. Matza marched up to the bar, speaking directly to the man behind the bar. <laughs> hey, can you get us a beer? I just found this guy at the Acne Farm. The bar hand looked at John, puzzled. How did you manage to get here without getting lost? Well, Matza-chan found me not long after I started on my way here, John answered. The bar hand nodded and laughed. So this big mouth cat probably kept the scary stuff away. Hey, I can hear you, Gano. Yeah, yeah. Take uh, your beer, noisy. Got it. Got it. He slid the beer down the bar, and Matza grabbed it and started slurping it, getting foam all over her nose. You know, we did find Pepper Chan on the way back, too, she said, her voice muffled by the mug. Oh, yeah? Well, that's a rare thing. All she does is hide and sleep. John took his beer and sipped it. So what is your name, bud? I haven't gotten that out of you. I guess if Mots took a liking to you, you're all right, but I still want to know. John thought for a second before he answered, searching his brain. <laughs> oh, what is John's name? I don't really know. I woke up in a lot of pain. I don't know who I am or how I got here. All I know is that this is not where I came from. After that, Gano dropped it, since he could tell he wouldn't be able to get anywhere. John's stomach growled loudly, and he covered it, looking embarrassed. Matza laughed and poked it. I guess you're hungry, nya? Gano brought them out a couple of sandwiches from the back. This should help, at least I hope so. Since you're not from around here, I should tell you all the ingredients are made right here in pizza. Acne cheese, tomatoes, olive oil, and bread from the local miller. 
John dug in hungrily, but stopped short. This tasted familiar. It was, quite aptly, right on the tip of his tongue. He pondered it for a while while he ate, then suddenly his chair was pulled right out from under him, and he hit the ground. He fell on top of someone and immediately leapt up, hoping he didn't hurt them. Sprawled on the ground was a small black cat girl. Uh The tray she was carrying flung across the floor, food everywhere. Hold on, pause. Is this just going to be a parade of cat girls? It might be. Just all cat girls. All cat girls and a fox girl. Oh, oh yeah, that's very different. Yeah, don't forget, it's Peppa the Fox Girl. She rolled over and started crying. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I do this every time. I'm so sorry, mister. While she was crying, John felt like he had got hit with lightning. He hit his head against the ground and it seemed to jog something. Wait, he just he just smacked his head against the ground? Yeah, because he fell off his chair, remember? Oh, I thought that he... No, he didn't just... Yeah, I thought he was like, I remember something. Let me, let me rattle it again see if I get a full connection. No, because she like knocked the chair out from under him and he fell on top of her. Oh. Yeah, so wait, she apologized while he was falling, then he hit his head. No. After the apology. No, he... Did you read that back to me? Uh, Suddenly his chair was pulled out right from under him, and he hit the ground. He fell on top of someone and immediately leapt up, hoping he didn't hurt them. Sprawled on the ground was a small black cat girl, the tray she was carrying flung across the floor, food everywhere. She rolled over and started crying. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I do this every time. I'm so sorry, mister. While she was crying, John felt like he had gotten hit with lightning. He had hit his head against the ground, and it seemed to jog something. Oh, that's referring to the first time. I thought he just hit his head against the ground again. No. Okay. He braced himself against the table while his head was filled with the knowledge of his previous life. Oh, shit, he said out loud. Gano and Matza looked at him quizzically. Matza from the ground where the black cat girl was still crying. So... This is going to be weird, right? So this must be an afterlife? A next life? I'm not really sure. But I definitely got hit by the car when I was doing a delivery. Papa John does deliveries. It's fine. Okay, I never seen commercials with him. Are you picking apart my fan fiction? No, no, no. Here's here's what I'm thinking. Because I've only ever, like, I've seen him do that in commercials. But I doubt that he actually is, like, boots on the ground delivering pizzas. I love the idea that he was hit by a car during a pizza commercial filming. It's fine. Or maybe he's like gone rogue, orders his own Papa John's pizzas and tries he to film what, his own commercial. Delivering it to himself. Just like his own like <laughs> own like uh, Gonzo style commercials where he's like, see, I can still deliver, I can still do the goods. Hire me back. <laughs> that explained the sauce down his shirt. Oh, do you remember anything else? Like your name, yeah? Oh yeah, name's John. He knelt down to help the small girl up, brushing food off of her. What's your name, sweetheart? The girl just kept sobbing uncontrollably, now clinging to Matza. This dummy's name is Shaq Coon. He's the friend I was talking about. He's the chef here. He? This little cat girl in a frilly apron was a boy? Okay. (laughs) Once they got Shaq calmed down, he sat down with them to chat. While they talked... Pepper had wandered in, taking a seat next to Matza. She promptly fell asleep with her head on the table. Matza kept touching the fur on the tips of her ears, making her twitch. So what do you remember from your past life? Shaq asked. He hadn't met anyone like this before, so he was very intrigued. Well, started John, I'm from a family that loves pizza. I actually made a whole career of it. <laughs> I feel like that's 
so that he actually said it in a commercial and you just lifted it up and put it in there. <laughs> well, good thing that's the whole point of this story. Also, I'm really not excited about the fact that you were not excited about the cat girl who's a boy whose name is Shaq. Shaq? What's... I was... Because Shaq owns Papa John's restaurants. He's a franchise owner. Oh, that I was trying to think of what pizza-related pun that was. I was like, Shaq? What, what ingredient has Shaq in it? But I guess Shaq is the, the new ingredient to Papa John's success, being such a, a large investor in the franchise. Mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was a, a deep cut. No. We just don't watch TV. <laughs> You know, it's weird because, I mean, I do have a list of all the board members of Domino's and Pizza Hut, you know, on that poster, you know, that's like on the ceiling above our bed. I really should put Papa John's up there if I want another Papa John related. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you don't have that on that poster. Yeah, I'll have to throw it up there. Anyway, pizza? Ask matzah? It's kind of like that sandwich that Ghana gave us earlier, but not quite. The bread is flat, the tomatoes are roasted and made into sauce, and it has cheese on top. And then you bake it, John explained. Shaq's eyes lit up. Show me, show me, I want to try it. Okay, said John, but we have to go to the market so I can pick the herbs and the spices I want. Well, all the ingredients, really. I like to have as much of a hand in it as I can. With that, Shaq ran back to the kitchen to take off his apron and put on his cutest sun hat, and they were off to the market. That's cute. Right? They spent all day picking the ripest tomatoes, the freshest herbs, and the tastiest acne cheeses they could. They even found some cured meat, which John knew would taste delicious. Once they got back to Pizzia, John set about making the dough. He explained to them all how it was made, even though Shaq already knew. Matzah and pepper were transfixed. This was a whole new thing for them. Who doesn't <laughs> like food? Shaq and John set about cleaning the brick oven, since that was what they were going to use to bake it. Matzah and pepper were chopping tomatoes, and Gano was cleaning and chopping the herbs and throwing everything into a big pot. Once everything was in the pot, they took turns watching it and stirring. Oh, I, I'm absolutely loving this scene, by the way. This is like watching the Justice League come together. Or it's, like, it's like the weird filler episode of like an isekai. No, no, no. I'm, it, it, I mean, it's all the... Everything is finally coming together. After all this time, everything is clicking. And the pizzas come together. It's like that scene at the end of Endgame where all the portals are opening and every single hero is coming in. Except now they're here to, to make pizza. So let's do this. I'm so excited to see how this turns out. Pizza time! <laughs> Once everything was in the pot, they took turns watching it and stirring. This went on for hours because, as John explained, the secret to good food was good ingredients and patience. (laughs) Finally, everything was done. The dough had been stretched perfectly thin and round, the sauce was sweet and perfectly seasoned, and the cheese and meat were prepared. They all gathered around the table as John showed them how to properly put it all together, the same as his father had done when he was little. All that was left to do now was bake it. As they waited, Shaq talked to John about his experience with his family and pizza. He wanted to know about everything, from the first pizza shop to the pizza empire that John's family had built. So do you want to help out here and make food? Or are you going to have your own place? Shaq asked. He was really hoping that John would stay and work with him. He had a feeling that wasn't the answer he was going to get. 
you know, I think I want to start my own place, but I'm sure I'll need to start out somewhere so I can make money to buy that place, John answered. Shaq's ears perked up. So, we get to do stuff together all the time for a while? Sure, bud, we can make all kinds of new things together. Maybe you can even help me come up with ideas for my place. What do you think you want to call it whenever it happens? Matza chimed in from across the table. Our place back home was called Papa John's, and I think I would like to keep it that way. I guess it's like my own little piece of home here, John answered, looking at the pizza on the hearth. It was golden and bubbly, and it was ready to come out. Ooh, I'm hungry now. He gently pulled it out and put it on a tray, and they waited for it to cool. Pepper opened her eyes and looked at the pizza sitting on the table in front of her. They all looked at this wonderful new creation in awe, ready to dive in. Matza reached for it, but Gano slapped her hand away. You're going to burn yourself. You're so impatient. Matza stuck her tongue out, but she I'm sat impatient. down and waited. Finally, John took out a knife and cut the pizza into eight slices, one for each of them, and a little extra. He let the others pick their slices first. They could barely sit still from excitement. Shaq got so excited when he picked up his slice and the cheese was gooey and stringy that he started to cry again. Matza couldn't wait. She just chomped right down. Pepper took her time, slowly chewing each bite, enjoying the flavor. Gano tried to hide his appreciation, but it was clear every time he took a bite that he found it exceptionally enjoyable. Last, John grabbed his slice. He took a bite, and it flooded him with memories and so many emotions. This is exactly the pizza he remembered and what he had shared with countless people over the years. Hey, John, asked Shaq, still teary-eyed. Yeah? So do you have, like, a way for everyone to remember who you were or anything? John nodded. <laughs> yeah, we had a slogan. Oh, no. What was your slogan? Asked Matza. <laughs> it was really simple, said John with a smile. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It was just a, a just purely making pizza. Only, only pizza. It, I mean, I asked for a story about Papa John in another world making pizza, and that's what I got. That's what you got. You got a couple of cat girls. Yeah. Boy. Cat boy. Cat boy. Yeah. Cat got androgyny. The, got the, the, the shack version of tiny, Felix. Tiny shack. Yeah. Just little little kitten shack. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't get that one. It's okay. Yeah. I guess I'll give you a pass. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was such a perfect story. I really don't have, like, anything to say to it or to add because it's sort of like... Do you want to see that as a commercial? <laughs> Papa John waking up uh, in a field. Uh, okay. By the way, all of the names, I mean, not the characters' names, but, like, the name of the Cowyak things came from Google Translate. That was a mix nice. between... <laughs> The Chinese words for cow and yak. I'm glad you put so much effort into that. And the I pizza think it really place, paid off. The pizza place was... I think it was Chinese for pizza? I don't remember. It was something for pizza. Okay. I... I thought that you were going to throw a twist ending at me, like, at the end, that, like, Papa John was going to wake up in his bed, um... What, surrounded by his cat girls? No, like, he was going to wake up and then realize that it was all a dream and then get an alert from his Uber Eats app that because he's an Uber Eats driver that he has to deliver a Papa John's pizza. 
one that he had no part in making, and his only dream is to, to make pizza again. That would have been a tragic... I'm sorry. I had to go more heartfelt than mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I'm not ruthless like you. <laughs> Just throwing whatever you can in there. Yeah. Uh, okay, I promised I would, I would come up with a title. Uh-huh. So I have two. What you got? This first one, I assumed there was going to be more of a video gamey component, mm -hmm. um, which I thought of this one early. Pizza Art Online, after the Sword Art mm -hmm. Online. The... I mean, Sword, so Art, it, it... Sword Art Online still had like that kind of mm -hmm. medieval-y thing, because that was like the first one, right? Yeah. But anyways, I, I did think of a better one, I think, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Re-Pizza cooking from scratch in another world i'm down with that yeah <laughs> can i can i get instead this instead of re-zero can, can we get this on to crunchy roll pizza <laughs> i mean there's I, like one episode per pizza chain i can only assume that there's like some sort of like standing order to pick up any isekai that like is pitched to an anime studio so you actually have a good chance that that's working we need to have one episode that's Papa John's. You gotta one, have one episode that is Little Caesars. Mm -hmm. Gotta have one is Domino's. Which I was really toying with making the pizza place or like the restaurant like some off-brand Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I could. I would have loved a story where Papa John had to conquer another pizza chain in another world. Listen, that is not a short fan fiction. That's yeah. a whole series of like, fan fictions. Just, <laughs> for some reason, I always thought that uh, Papa John's has a very... His character arc is starting to resemble uh, Punished Snake from Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> Punished Papa. Punished John. Punished John. Why are we here? Just to suffer. Oh, he's making himself suffer. My better ingredients. My, My better, better pizza. pizza. I'm no longer I Papa can still John. feel them hurting. It's like they're still there. All those pizzas in my gut. <laughs> Burning. Giving me indigestion. When, all, when I die, all these pizzas <laughs> will disappear. They will die with Like me. tomato sauce at the drain. <laughs> it's time to die. We've gone far off the rails <laughs> on this one. I was really considering the throat making you write another Papa John related fan fiction in the tune of Metal Gear Solid Five. Or Blade Runner. <laughs> please don't make me do that. I won't. I have another please, one. Which... Please don't make my fan fiction like, <laughs> niche be Papa John. <laughs> That's just my thing. I need Papa John fan fiction. <laughs> do you need to order some Papa Johns to get this out of your system? Uh, no, I'll just... I'll just do what I normally do and just have some people on like uh, DeviantArt or something or Reddit. I'll just commission some more Papa John fan art or fan well, fiction. Well, good thing that you live with someone who can do digital art and can make you really bad Papa John. All right. <laughs> well, um... Give me my phone. Okay. Because that's where I have all of the uh, 
the ideas for your next one. Oh yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do the ideas. Okay. All right, we are back, and we're gonna go ahead and give each other the props for the next episode. So, um, I think since I read my story first, uh, I'll give you my prompt first. Okay. Okay. So, I want you to write a fan fiction mm-hmm. in the vein of my immortal. Mm-hmm. So, self-insert Mary Sue type main character. Mm-hmm. Hell bent on romance. But we're going to change some things. Oh, no. Instead of taking place at Hogwarts, uh, this is going to take place at UA. Oh. So it's going to be a My Hero Academia-based fan fiction. Uh-huh. And, you know, there. I don't know if goth is coming back, but I certainly didn't grow up with a lot of goth kids. We got what on grunge. No. What I did grow up with was scene kids. I don't know anything about that. I I want you to write a scene My Hero Academia fan fiction. My Immortal style. This is going to be way easier than it should. (laughs) I know. Because Newsflash, I was a scene kid. (laughs) I figured this was perfect for you. Just channel 14-year-old Allie and then... Let the music play. I mean, it's still just going to be my chemical romance. Let's be real. Yeah. It's just the haircuts and the outfit descriptions are going to be much different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to break out those uh, teal skinny jeans and my etnies. I, I cannot wait to see who roars at each other. Rar XD. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. We're, we're keeping you up past your bedtime. What is okay. what's my prompt? Your prompt is going to be, it's going to be if the Tiger King became president. That's great. I already know what I'm going to write. Okay, this is great. (laughs) Uh, Listeners, we are so sorry. (laughs) We are so You know what? I'm going to give you back that ability. I'm going to give you back that pause button. If we manage to disgust you, and really hope we did. If you left within the first half of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's more where that came from. So if for some reason you liked it or you want to punish your friends with this, we're a new podcast. So go ahead and subscribe. Uh, leave some positive comments. Uh, even though we know we deserve negative ones. Uh, and yeah, I th- that about wraps it up. Uh, anything else to say, Allie? I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, that you, was... <laughs> you've signed up for at least this episode. Like, maybe you'll come to the next one. But I don't know. Pregnant Edward. Yeah. Well, uh, think of it this way. If they are still nine, listening nine. after that, then we've got a diehard burger freak on our hands. We went from They're going to take anything that we throw at them. We went from burgers to pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't write these when I'm hungry. All right. Well, that was episode one of Dummy Fic. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.